everyone, and welcome to another episode of Criminal Discourse. I'm Maddie. And I'm Trish. And today, we're going to be in the Poconos Mountains. Ooh. We've been there together, actually. Yes, we vacationed there a few years ago. Yeah. I think we only stayed like one night, though. We did, and then we headed home. Right, we were there for a week. Yeah. <laughs> But so before we go there, we wanted to give a shout out to our listeners down in Tennessee because our listenership in Tennessee has been growing significantly lately. So yes. Thank you. Thank you, Tennessee. To Jackson, Memphis, Maryville, Linden, Farragut, Oak Ridge, McMinnville, Smyrna, Moorestown, Columbia, Springfield, Franklin, Cookville, Goodlettsville, La Follette, Brentwood, Cordova, Savannah, Hampshire, Medina, Nashville, Knoxville, Germantown, Sevierville, and Bristol. I wonder if people that first turn us on think it's like a geography podcast. Maybe. With us listing all these cities every time. Well, we just want to thank our listeners. Well, yes, we do, because we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. Trish and I are texting each other as soon as we see new numbers or ratings or any sort of reviews, just because we love doing this podcast and every little bit counts. So thank you all so much. Yes. And thank you for Apple for coming out for a watch because now Maddie gets back to me sooner than, than later. I do. I'm finally more connected. Not that I wasn't. I mean, you weren't. I wasn't. So I have a phone. I don't like having my phone on me. I don't like when people can contact me easily, but it's okay now. I'm working through it. I got myself a little Apple Watch, so now. So we want to give a special shout out to the Always Time for True Crime podcast that's hosted by Julie. She guessed correctly the clues that I had laid out for our last episode on Kim Vall. So kudos. Yeah, I shouldn't have put the sub picture. That was a dead giveaway, I think. But <laughs> Just from pictures. But she got it. She was the first one to respond. So thank you. <laughs> All right. So you ready to go to the Poconos? I'm ready. Okay. So in the early morning hours, close to 3 a.m. on July 15, 2017, 42-year-old Barbara Rogers called 911 to report that her boyfriend had a gun, he told her to hold it here, and pull the trigger. He was dead. When police arrived at their double wild mobile home on Laurel Drive in Tobihanna, PA, they found her boyfriend, Stephen Mineo, had suffered a point-blank gunshot wound to the head from a 45 semi-automatic lock, and this was on his forehead. This was Barb's firearm, and it was a military issue as Barb had retired from the military. Steve's position indicated that he had been sitting on the floor crisscross when he was shot. Next to the body was a box of bullets and the handgun. Rogers was immediately taken into custody and charged with criminal homicide. You said... Barb retired from the military. Do we know what branch or? I'm not sure. No. It's she had either retired or she had left early with a pension. So at first, it appeared to be a simple domestic violence situation in a snapped style where she had just shot him in the head. I love snap. I know. But they rarely snap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's more like a lead up and then. Yeah. yeah more like premeditated murder, which doesn't really (laughs) lend its way to being snapped. But yes, there are occasional. They do actually put in a snap. Yeah, that's what I tell my husband when he steps out of line. Have you seen snapped? Because it's going to happen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So they seem to be a couple in love. Steve called Barb his wife, and she referred to herself as Barbara Mineo, even though the two were never married. So they considered themselves more kind of a spiritual type of thing, but they legally were not married. So like a common law. Yeah. How long were they together? It didn't seem like very long. I couldn't get exact dates of when they started seeing each other, but it had not been, I don't think it'd been more than two years. Just from the time references that I was hearing in interviews, it didn't seem like they were together for a 
huge amount of time. Barbara and Stephen that night, Saturday, had been out at a nearby bar until 2 a.m., and the couple had a few drinks, but they were not drunk, according to Barb. Once they got home, Steve suggested they go into the woods behind their house and shoot his gun in the dark. At 2 a.m. Hey, it's the Poconos. True. (laughs) They went back in the house, and Barb claims they were in their bedroom when Steve put the gun to his own head, wrapped her hands around the weapon, and told her to pull the trigger. Barb gave somewhat conflicting stories, changing small details. So in some instances, she claimed that she didn't know the gun was loaded and she called the shooting a pure accident. In others, it was Steve that pulled the trigger and she was just holding the gun. But eventually she admitted to killing him. So not that it was purposeful, but that it was her that pulled the trigger. But she maintains that Steve told her to do so. Wait, but he was sitting on the floor crisscross applesauce style. Yes. That doesn't really kind of fit. Well, I guess they were sitting on the floor together and he told her to shoot. Mm, Lots of holes in this story. Lots of holes. Yeah. And and really, the question is, what was the motive? So Barb pled not guilty, even turning down a deal on third degree murder, which would carry a lesser sentence. But what was the motive? Why would Steve want her to shoot him if that was the story? According to Barb, there was some tension in their relationship due to their involvement and recent exile from a cult. That'll do it. That will. Let's talk about the cult. This is the exciting part. So in the early 2000s, Steve began watching YouTube videos posted by Sherry Schreiner, who according to her website was servant prophet, ambassador, daughter, and messenger of the Most High God. He was also one of the first people to join her Facebook page. Before joining Sherry's movement, he was part of the truther movement around uncovering government and black ops operations. So they had a lot in common, according to Sherry. The community's foundational belief is that a race of sentient, devil-worshipping, shape-shifting reptiles from outer space has infiltrated human civilization. Isn't that the storyline for the TV show V? I've never seen. Is it? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Maybe Something they... <laughs> like that. It, aliens came here and they look like us, but they're really not. So this is different. So this is apparently, so I was listening to an episode of None Dare Call It Ordinary, and they did a lot of research and trying to sort of explain what these beliefs are, because I referenced her website as well, but it is so, like, you need cliff notes for it. There's so many pages and pages of explanation of this is what I believe, and it's so convoluted, like, your eyes just glaze over. I couldn't even get through it. So it's like a manifesto. Manifestos. A manifesto. Multiple manifestos. Okay. Yes. So this is different than aliens coming here. So this is the aliens scraping or scalping is the term she uses. Scalping the souls of humans that are already here and then using their skin shells to portray themselves as humans. I'm sure that's a movie plot somewhere. It's got to be. So through the mind control and body snatching, so that's soul scraping, these reptilians purposely seek to install totalitarian world government, thereby bringing around the rule of the Antichrist. So the omen. I'm just doing movie references for this today. (laughs) So she believed that we're close to the revelations, period, antichrist. End of days. End of days, that whole thing. With all of her beliefs, Sherry had gotten to a following of around 20,000 people. Now, she has a background in journalistic science, but says that the Lord pulled her out of broadcasting and wanted her to speak to the nations. Now, because I'm not so much deep diving besides the reptilian perspective of her beliefs, they are a little bit all over the place, pretty much 
much everything that she sees is a sign that this person is a clone or an alien and they're not a true human and a believer and all those things. What is it? The um, invasion of the body snatchers. There you go. More along those lines. Yeah. For example, for her, if somebody faints, that's a sign that they're a clone. Oh. Yeah. And not just fainting because of dehydration or a medical issue. Nope, that's a clone. So things like that. If you really want to go into it, she's got like almost 300 YouTube videos that you can go out and dive into and a Facebook page and a website and you could just spend hours and hours reveling. She definitely has more followers than us. She does. That should be our goal just to get more than her. Come on. We can do that. More than a cult. (laughs) More than a cult. So Stephen, like I said, was already a follower of Sherry. And when Barbara came into his life, they had met online and Sherry was happy for Stephen. Apparently they had known each other for quite a while. Sherry was older in her late 40s, early 50s. Stephen was in his late 20s. And she looked at him sort of as a son, mother type of nurturing relationship. So she was happy for him. For him, he had found the love of his life and he was so happy and everything was good. Then he invited Barb to join the group chat and which is you know the group chat of her believers on the Facebook page and all that and apparently that's when things started to go downhill because Sherry started to sort of pull apart Barb and try to present facts well what she believed as facts to Steve to show that this was not in fact the woman of his dreams but that Barb was a vampire witch reptilian super soldier. I'm not sure what to say to all that. (laughs) I'm like what? Yeah. But I mean the fact that somebody would actually be telling you this and you'd be like oh okay. (laughs) I just I'd be like what? Yeah. So Stephen was not happy with Sherry attacking Barb in this way and that's where sort of tension started to arise between him and the group. So According to a statement made by Sherry, she tried to warn him because she cared about him and Barb was dangerous and he was just blinded by her. Sherry, like I said, never really trusted Barb once she had joined that group chat and Sherry's contention towards her strengthened when Barb put Facebook posts talking about her cravings for red meat and her preference for steak tartare. So Sherry believed that red meat and raw meat was a sign that a person was actually reptilian. Okay. (laughs) I'm just just thinking, what did I last order steak and how did I order it? I know. And then I was listening to a radio interview that Sherry did after the murder happened. And she's talking about all these signs that Barb was a vampire, witch, reptilian, super soldier. Yes. And then she's talking about the red meat and she's like, she said she was a Christian. What kind of Christian goes around eating raw hamburger meat? I'm like, really? Like, that's that's your big sign? That's your line. (laughs) And she's so convinced of herself. Like just listening to her, it's worth it for the entertainment factor of she is so committed. So she stated in one of her videos previously that there's only certain types of people who crave raw meat because they crave blood. Those with a vampire demon in them. She went on to say that when the demon manifested in Barb, if it was the demon or a lizard, if she had both, a human is no match for that kind of supernatural strength. So Stephen pushed back against Sherry. So he was apparently irate at her continually attacking Barb because this went on for for quite a while where she kept bringing these things up, these points of why she was a witch, why she was a vampire and, and all of these pieces. And for Steve, Barb was still the love of his life. And that's why he cut ties pretty much with the uh, the not cult. So when that happened, according to Barb, that's when he lost the will to live because he was so torn apart about leaving this cult. 
in Sherry's mind, this is just like a church or a following? Yes, it's a church. You can donate and tithe and make offerings to her church. Although she passed away. Sherry did. Who's running it now? I couldn't find it. Her website is still up, but I didn't see anything very recent. And I tried to find something where it was like, I'm now taking over for her da da da. And I couldn't find anything. How do you know it's not an alien taking over? Well, then you would see her as the alien. So she would still be operating as a human and she would have bruises on her face because that's a sign that she's been soul scalped. Bruises on your face? Yes. Okay. And when they scalp your soul, they take it and they put it in a storage facility and possibly in a box. And so you're still alive. Your soul is still there, but your outer shell has an alien slash reptile in it. Do we know where this warehouse is or storage facility? I'm sure that there's theories. I'm sure there are. (laughs) So like I said, within a year of Stephen's death, Sherry Schreiner also passed of natural causes, which apparently her followers don't believe because she had also said that she had been poisoned for years by the government and she had no more stomach lining because of how many times she had been poisoned but she still survived well this time she didn't so she's sort of out of the picture now and on march 26 2019 the trial for barb began so the defense argued that it was an accident and that barb didn't know that the gun was loaded. According to prosecutors, she could have prevented Stephen's death. So the other thing to keep in mind is Barb is sort of acting like she, it almost seems in her stories like she's not familiar with firearms, but she was in the military. Like, how do you not know that the gun is loaded? Or how do you not know a safety precaution to check if the gun is loaded? And it was her gun. Yeah, before putting it to your boyfriend's head. And there's a box of bullets sitting next to him. It's not, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I think there's a lot that she's not saying and I do not fall her story even in the slightest it makes no sense that Stephen would want her to kill him so suicide by another because he was so upset about this cult but he was still choosing her over the cult no I'm agree with you I just yeah it doesn't I'm just trying to figure out her reason it doesn't make any sense her story unless he was gonna go back like he realized no I'm not happy and I'm gonna go back to this group of true believers and their relationship was over And she actually did snap? Perhaps. So the jury began deliberations around 1 p.m. on on March 29th after asking the judge a series of questions over the course of several hours, including the difference between first and third degree murder, the definition of beyond a reasonable doubt. They found Barbara guilty of third degree murder. So in Pennsylvania, a third degree murder conviction does not require intent to kill as in first degree. So it's not a premeditated intent, but it still requires proof of malice. So in the case of third degree murder, it's the same as... As like it with an aggravated assault in which you have the knowledge that your conduct possesses a threat to human life, even though that may not be your intention. So she was convicted of that. And on June 10th, 2019, she was sentenced to 15 to 40 years, which she believes is extremely unfair and plans on appealing. In response to her conviction, Stephen's aunt told reporters, to me, it's amazing that somebody could put a gun to somebody's head, blow their brains out, and a jury finds them guilty of third degree murder, not first. Well, they must have had some doubt. And I'm sure if you throw in the fact that there was this cult involved and he was a true believer for at least some time, and I don't know if they put that on at trial. Did they put a, bring a lot in about Sherry's following and her YouTube videos and her different manifestos? You know, that kind of adds a lot of soup to yeah. an already convoluted. Because if you just look at it on the face value, she shot him in the head after they got home from being out in the bar drinking. You know, things happen. She gets angry. He says 
something, she says something, she grabs her gun, she kills him. That makes sense. But then you throw in this cult, you throw in him being a true believer for a time, and then in him choosing Barbara over Sherry. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it just kind of muddied the waters. Well, and I think too, even when I'm considering Steve's state of mind, and this doesn't make sense, why would he do this? Why would he do that? At the same time, he believed in these things. So it's hard to reconcile, like, was he in the same state of mind as say I would be if this situation happened because there's no way that I would believe all these crazy reptilian vampire witch demon things that he completely 100% believes in yes yes (laughs) I don't I'm just like this is a weird one. It's so and it's so it should be so black and white. Like you said, she shot him in the head, period. But there's so many other pieces that go into it. And again, we're only getting her side of the story, of course. It's not like Steve can speak up for himself. And I think that because they were sort of siloed in this group, there's not a whole lot of outside sources that gave opinions on, you know, this is their relationship. There were these ten, like other things other than the cult because that's where everybody's focus is, including ours. Yes. It's so I'm curious to see when the appeals start coming through if there's any new information that comes out if so we can add we can come back and talk about it and do an update yeah do an update i did think that it was uh funny that her defense attorney had asked for a lesser sentence because she didn't have a criminal record and she was the mother of three children which i don't know what the ages were but i'm just thinking in my head what about making you a mother of three children makes you any less guilty of shooting someone in the head were her children in the double wide no i believe her children were adult i tried to find ages i really really did i think that they're probably trying to keep their privacy she was 42 at the time and he was 32 so i believe that her children were older if not completely grown and out of the house got it and no it doesn't make a difference to me it doesn't just because you're a mom of three doesn't mean you're any less guilty of of murder yeah or that you should get a lesser sentence because you have children no i'm sorry though really she could have taken the deal from the beginning which is the same sentence he got she could have saved the taxpayer some money there (laughs) just saying gosh barb Pennsylvania taxpayer here. Okay, well, there you go. The murder of Steve Mineo up in the Poconos. What year did this take place? 2017. She was just sentenced in June of 2019. Okay. Well, weird one, Maddie. I'm still trying to rack my mind around the vampire super soldier. And I know I missed a word in there too, but... <laughs> vampire witch reptilian super soldier. My bad. If you want to know more about vampire vampire witch reptilian super soldiers, there is a website, sherryshriner.com that you can go to. She has a YouTube channel with all of her videos. And 20,000 followers. So yes. clearly people tune in. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As Maddie said in the beginning of the podcast, we truly appreciate it and are so gracious and humbled that you guys listen and you're spreading the word we just ask you to continue to do that and if you could subscribe to whatever platform you listen to us on that would be great and give us a review that would be even better but I want to take a moment Maddie and I were talking before we started recording about some podcasts that we've gotten into listening to new ones that are always coming out and two that I've gotten into recently are Let's Wine About Murder this is a new podcast full of in-depth murder stories it's good content well-researched and it's from two moms in West Virginia, the Mountain State. So check them out. They're good. I've listened to them. They've done a couple episodes so far that are in-depth. I like the details. That's your niche. That's my niche. I like the details. And also Outlaws and Scorned Women. It is a podcast regarding crimes in Texas. And it is it is fascinating. And Texas is a big state and they got a lot of crimes. So they have have plenty of material. (laughs) And it's by Stephanie and Stephanie. What I like about it is after they kind of tell the story, the other Stephanie's a lawyer. So she kind of gives the 
legal aspect of things, though they're not giving legal advice. It's entertainment purposes only, just like ours. And but it's it's interesting. I like their delivery. So those are two that I've gotten into recently. Any new ones you've gotten into, Maddie? I've gotten into coaching for leaders, but that's work related. I don't think that anybody's going to want to listen to that. No, that's good. Okay. You know, there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. Yeah. So I work in a leadership role in a corporate environment. So I listen to Coaching for Leaders. It's really good. It's interviews with a lot of business writers and things like that that give sort of tips and tricks or distilled versions of the content that they give. So I think it's a great listen. Good advice. And it balances out the murder. Yeah. Gives me a little break for the murder. I try to listen to that on my way to work as opposed to listening to murder on my way to work. And I listen to murder on the way to and from work. So at this point, we always talk about the life tip that we would give. Maddie, have you come up with one? I'd say don't join a Facebook group cult would be mine. Yeah, I concur. Don't join a Facebook group cult and ask a friend. Like if somebody comes to you with information or you're listening to this and you're like, hey, you know, reptilians seem like a really plausible idea. Phone a friend and say, hey, I was listening to this. What are your thoughts? And just try to get some feedback. And I would say that sounds like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or the television show V. Just ask Trish. That's a better life tip. Ask Trish. She will tell you the truth. That's right. You can contact us through our contact page on our website and we'll let you know. Yeah, you can do that. We do have a website. It's criminaldiscoursepodcast.com. We do have a contact page there. And we've had some listeners reach out to us to give us case suggestions. Actually, the one coming out next week is a case suggestion from Mandy from Oklahoma. So besides our website, we do have a Facebook page, Criminal Discourse Podcast, and we have an Instagram page, Criminal Dispod, D-I-S-P-O-D. So check it out. Follow us. We love it. We always kind of have been putting out more content. We'll put out clues to the next week's episode or kind of things we're doing when researching or editing. And as always, we would ask you to look out for one another. And if you see something say something. You might have that missing piece of the puzzle that could help solve a crime. And as always, be safe, but let's remember to be kind to one another. Till next time, guys. Bye. Bye.